As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and happy birthday to America. Ari Wasserman, we got a lot to uh, to process here. The last time we talked was the emergency show. USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Holy cow, everybody freak out. And I feel like we're in sort of this holding pattern of there's not much to talk about because behind the scenes there's a bunch going on as different entities that were not ready for this to happen are now processing it and deciding what their next move is. Yeah. I was listening to our last show with uh, me, you Scott and Max and boy, that was all over the place. Uh, And I think that the reason why it was is because this is such a monumental shift and like trying to digest that in a, in a single podcast or an hour after in real time, this was like an hour after it happened. Yeah. So, like, I mean, even still, uh, what are we, three or four days removed from the news coming? That I'm not necessarily sure that I've even, you know, completely been able to contextualize what's going on here. So, you know, it just because of the two reasons. One, Andy, is because we don't know what's coming next, but we do feel like change is, is consistently inevitable moving forward. And then two, what the final product is going to look like is a is a huge thing to try to, you know, understand. We're, what are yeah. the, who's eventually going to be in the conferences is the baseline question, but then what's the playoff race going to look like? What does a perfect season going to mean in the future? Um, all oh. sorts of different things that, you know, you know, college football is just going to look completely different and trying to figure it out, you know, as we do it is a very, very hard task. So, well, and that, that's the thing. I, I had some people asking me about the playoff and what does this mean for the next playoff format? And I don't know. I have no idea because I don't know what the conferences are going to look like in 2024 much less 2026 yeah and like also too you have this idea of like what a perfect college football season looks like or a national championship season what it looks like now it's like is there a possibility that a national champion in 2035 will have four losses yes oh i i think i can answer that with an emphatic yes the 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 direction that it's going you know you have the direction it was going before even if it was going to be the structure we kind of remembered but then you also have this you know acceleration of 
what we think is is a consolidation into two mega conferences essentially and that's where i'm at ari i'm done with anything that kind of preserves the old system not not because i want the old system to go away again we've talked about this i don't like the fact that a lot of fan base are going to get cut out of this thing but if the big 10 will just turn around and gut its longest standing partner i don't think these people care about your tradition they don't care about if a small group of people is going to be sad about this versus a larger group that may watch these games. Well, how big I, is that? Is that portion of people? Is that a small group to you? Like it's if you, several, it's a lot of small groups that could add up to a very large group. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how cognizant of that they are. I think they're just looking at this as, okay, if we can get audiences like Ohio state, Michigan, for Ohio State, USC, or for Alabama, Texas, or Georgia, Oklahoma, I don't think they—I don't think they're caring about kind of the national fabric of college football. I, I don't think that's their concern at all. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done all this. And we talk about the the national fabric of college football, um, and I don't know. Maybe the NFL is is the best example of people watching games that they don't have a team in. Yeah, uh, but like college football is a major is a sport that's consumed majorly by people that don't have a dog in the particular fight that's on TV. Yeah. And it's like a Texas Tech and I'm just making up Texas Tech, but a Texas Tech fan would watch Georgia Clemson if it was nationally televised. Right. If, if the Texas Tech fan is not as interested in Texas Tech football because Texas Tech is not. That's right. That's what I'm getting at. At the well, same level. Still, are they gone? Yeah. Are they still going to watch Georgia Clemson when that game's on TV? Um so that, to me, is the most interesting dynamic about this whole thing, because even you, though... You know what it's a test of, Ari? It's not a test of, of loyalty to any of these particular brands. It's a test of loyalty to the sport of football. Like, how much do, they, yeah. do these casual fans or fans of schools that may get cut out of this thing, how much are they fans of the sport and want to see the best players in the sport and want to see the people who will be the future best players in the NFL? Because, let's be honest... I know we get a lot of people that, co- that that come to us on Twitter and say, well, I don't watch the NFL. I only watch college football. The vast majority of sports fans in America watch the NFL. We know yeah. that. that. There's a huge overlap between college football and the NFL. So, And gambling now, too, has made it, exactly. has made it much easier to uh, watch games. I'm sitting here right now sweating the end of a WNBA game. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at Who's it. On the, uh, Washington Mystics and the Connecticut Sun. Well, that's uh, you know, throw out the record. Connecticut Sun was was uh, was down by fourteen. I hit a live because I'm a degenerate loser. Um, but <laughs> uh, the thing that I'm I'm curious though about is that like Texas Tech is always going to have a football program, and I'm sorry if you're a Texas Tech fan. I'm not trying to pick on you, but that's no, just the but, example. But this is the type of program we're talking: Texas Tech, Kansas State, West Virginia, Arizona State, Arizona, where you went to school. These are the programs yeah. that that are looking at a very different future. So is the existence of a Texas Tech fan, let's just say the two power conferences um, exist because it seems like yeah. an inevitability right now. Texas Tech will still be in a conference, right? And yes. they'll still play football. They're not going to to fold up the football program. So would a Texas Tech fan, ha- like is, as much as it would stink to not be in the power conference that it used to be in or competing in the national championship race, we don't know what it's going to look like when it does, but let's just say that they're not. But if they go to a lower division with Kansas State and some of those other guys where the football teams 
are still entertaining as hell to watch because we still watch them now. But, you know, they also aren't in the playoff race right now most years anyway. Right. Like, is winning a, a conference and being in that lower level just as entertaining to their fans? Or does the the reality of we will never win a national championship ruin ruin the taste? I think that's, like, that's an interesting question because you're right. There's a trade-off. You now move into something you can probably w- win at and maybe win at the highest level of whatever level that is. But it's not the highest level. And that's that's probably the thing that... that that is the, the deal breaker. Because group of five teams still take great pride in winning their conference. Absolutely. But also, there's still a somewhat possible chance that they could win a national title, right? Cincinnati, yeah, made, Cincinnati it year. made the playoff. Yeah. So the, the thing that would be interesting to me is that when you say, what does the playoff system look like? Will there be access to the playoff system to teams that aren't in either of the super conferences? I think, I think there will be at first because I think they're going to try this. They're going to try to make it a national thing. And, and try to have their cake and eat it too. And because if they do that, if there is access, then I think you could make the case that it's not much different than Texas Tech's existence in the new Big 12. Well, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's work that out. Let's game that out. Let's say, because the, the, the only thing we have that we've seen from these people is the playoff proposal that, that Greg Sankey and Craig Thompson and Bob Bullsby and, and Jack Schwarbert make. So let's say it's that. Let's say it's a 12-team playoff. The six highest ranked conference champs get in, not tied to any particular conference. It's just the six highest ranked. And then you have four buys. Uh, the four buys have to go to conference champions. Maybe I know Greg Sankey has said that he wouldn't support that next time around. But if that's the case, then yes, the, the champion of the Big 12 is always going to make the playoff. The champion of the ACC is probably always going to make the playoff. The champion of the Pac 12 or whatever we're going to call it, because they do change the number when the number changes, is always going to make the playoff in that scenario. So new Pac-12, which I guess the only news between the last time we spoke was that they are looking to expand. And I don't know what that means in terms of who they would be targeting, but let's just Yeah, we got to talk about that later in the show, because I I do look at that as being kind of bi-directional. It's like, who wants to be the aggressor first? On, on that one but but yeah i but let's, let's just say, say they, that they they ahead. stayed at 10 I think we're on the let's same say they page. stayed at 10 the big 12 became the 12 team league that it's gonna that, that it was set to become and and nothing else changes i i don't think that's what's gonna happen but let's say that it's still a pretty entertaining playoff and an entertaining season i think yeah yeah and like if the pack 10 pack 12 pack 8 pack 14 whatever um adds a few group of five programs right now that, you know, we'll find out if that happens in the next few months, they aren't in one of the two super conferences and the team that wins that new conference in 2030 still has a spot in the playoff to play against the teams that are in the super conferences. Then I I think it's kind of the same thing that's already happening right now. I mean, it's like, I don't think that Stanford and Washington state and Oregon state and Arizona have any real thoughts of winning a college football playoff game right now. But if the as long as the door is open for them to eventually compete on that realm, I think you can save the national interest. But what I think would hurt is if you created a system where the playoff was you got two 26 team conferences and the playoff was 12 teams and the only teams in that 12 team playoff were them. were them. 
then yeah. why would a Washington State fan want to watch a Georgia Clemson game? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't you make almost any sense. Create a, a more of a Cinderella dynamic with this, but the the difference is, and maybe maybe it would be different in practice, but I think the difference you see with with Cinderellas in the NCAA tournament and basketball is you only need one or two really good players. Maybe you need a little bit older roster. You need a terrible game from from the other team. The the depth is not the same thing. In, in football, it's completely different. Where the the team from the the power conference is going to have so much more depth and so an overwhelming. But that already exists talent. now, though. Oh so, no, I know it's the same yeah, thing. So like that's it, it, when somebody plays Alabama, when somebody plays Georgia, Ohio State, that's what they get. That's what happens to them. And I do think that there is a certain. I think that the chance, regardless of how big that chance is, the chance is what keeps people fired up. So yes. I think that regardless of how this all pans out, and I think we all know what direction we're headed in now, I hope that the end of the road, that the teams and the fans of those teams that aren't invited to the super conferences are still somewhat included um, in their conferences recognized and all those things. Because you know what? Cincinnati made it last year, and I thought it was awesome. And yeah. Cincinnati played Alabama the same way that any of the other Power 5 teams that got left out would have. Well, so, and, and, like, and what do I keep saying about the the new Big Twelve when it when Oklahoma and Texas leave and they settle on that lineup? I think it will be the most fun league in college football. Like, I want to still watch all that stuff, and I hope I hope there the are the same way we watch the match. Feel the same way, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's funny because I might sound like a hypocrite if you remember, like I when I we took the or I took the anti expand to twelve stance right. on the show with you, and I'm like, I don't give a crap about inclusion. Be good enough and get in. Right. I do give a crap about inclusion if it means completely blackballing teams from even competing in it. Agreed. So it's like all those teams that we're talking about right now aren't winning national championships in the next 10 years unless something crazy happens. Um, I think that you would have the same amount of chances from a lower division or a different conference looking on the outside from the power conferences as you do right now. And as long as they have a reason to show up to the stadiums, a reason to hope they go undefeated, a reason to you know, keep faith that there was a chance that a special Cinderella season could happen to their team. You know, I think that that would still be, would still be meaningful. And I think would yeah. still keep them engaged in the whole sport. And like the thing that is the most troublesome to me is that when I grew up as a kid and I fell in love with this game, this game was a regional sport. Right. Um, people in the region took great pride in their conferences. The people in their state take great, pride in their state and their team that bears the name of their state now regionals it's all gone now like let's just there's no more regional but, but the, the the fear is that it's, it's becoming regionalized again with two regions now i realize the big 10 stretches from coast to coast now but it's yeah still don't you really think the sec will too eventually the is a southern conference yeah but don't you think the sec is going to stretch i mean i don't, I don't know i don't, I don't know see what's as left, much incentive but... for the sec to stretch like i don't know where they would go yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so, I guess the if if Oklahoma and Texas are are in the south then, you know, um that counts. Um but still, like there there is a certain, you know, you know this more than anybody, uh the SEC chance and other southern stadiums, you know, there's a southern pride to it. Maybe that'll still be in Well, I mean, the a, thing alive is, in some extent. College but, football if college football becomes unpopular everywhere else, it will still be popular in the south. And I think part of this is sort of how does audience work in 2022 and beyond? 
because it's not it's not the same thing. You're not there's not a monoculture anymore. I was thinking about this talking to Doug Haller, a uh, little little peek behind the curtain. So I actually recorded two shows on Thursday that may or may not see the light of day because then this happened and it became the biggest thing in the sport. So hopefully you will hear those shows, uh, one involving Ari and Antonio Morales talking about the Elite 11 and the quarterbacks. If nothing happens on July 4th, if the powers that be will, will please enjoy their holiday, then you'll get to hear that on that show on Tuesday. But the other show I recorded, and, and again, I hope you'll get to hear this one too, and it's not covered up by a bunch of news, but I talked to Doug Haller about the, the Playboy All-American team. And he did a great story on that and, and how you know kind of odd it was that this magazine would bring these guys together for a photo shoot and you know the, the weird brand of Playboy. And at the end of it, we talked about how I've always wanted to do a story on the Bob Hope All-American team. You know, they'd bring those guys together right around Christmas. Each guy would run out. Bob Hope would say a terrible one-liner, and then the guy would run off. And when you were on a Bob Hope special back then, you were famous. Like, that meant you're famous. And that's the same thing. Like, in America, for a long time, if you were on, if you got to go on the Johnny Carson show, uh, if you were on the Today Show on Good Morning America, it meant you were super famous. But we are living in an environment now where they're, they're like, do you know who Mr. Beast is? Oh, you've never heard of Mr. Beast, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a 12 year old, you know exactly who Mr. Beast is. And I only know who that is because of my kids. He's a YouTuber. He has millions of followers. He makes millions of dollars. He is overwhelmingly famous. Yet we've never heard of him. Like that would not have existed when we were kids. You were either famous or you weren't. There wasn't this level of fame. So this what is does he do, this of, guy? Uh, he makes, I don't know, he makes food. He pays money, lots of money for things. He's a YouTuber. It's it, it's stuff to entertain 11-year-olds. But Okay. So the thing about it is, it may be that, you know, because I, I see people asking, is this going to be like NASCAR where they got, we're getting big and then, shrunk back down to a regional sport. And I don't know the answer to that. Like, here's the thing. If let's say the whole sport coalesces around the SEC and the big 10 and only people in the Midwest and the South really care about college football, does that matter if it's enough people in the Midwest and the South? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess not. Like, I mean, I guess from a, a, a television revenue standpoint, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. I do kind of like my favorite thing about college football is that when we're all watching a game, you could be living in Fresno, California, Gainesville, Florida, or Rhode Island. Right. And we're all sitting in front of our, our computers watching on Twitter, the watching thing. the game at the same time, and everybody's locked in from coast to coast. And I don't know if that's like a sappy way of looking at it, but I really enjoy that. I, I like kind of like feeling like I'm watching the same thing that everybody else is. And maybe that, that exists to a certain extent in other sports. You know, people watch Sunday Night Football, the NBA. Definitely playoffs, the NFL. But yeah. But like, I would feel like it would be incomplete if the, the West Coast was uh, alienated. And, and, and maybe it's not. I, I, think, but... I think there's more, and, and I'm also thinking from a business perspective, I do think there's more money to be made if the whole country cares. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is. You know, and it's like the Pac 12 has been down for the past four or five years, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I didn't like that the Pac 12 existed. But that, and and, and, I mean, and that we was, all wanted that... to watch it. 
Well, that was my argument when when I wrote after Texas and Oklahoma decided to go to the SEC, when I wrote that the Big Ten should raid the Pac-12, that was my argument to bring the top of the Pac-12 into the Big Ten, which would probably force them into being competitive or, or give them the resources to allow them to be competitive. And then all of a sudden you would have West Coast teams that were yeah. nationally competitive. I, I think that's the... I guess the real the question is, and you have to boil it down to this, and you have to be kind of mean. But does college football lose anything when it loses Oregon State and Washington State? Does it lo- lose anything That's, when it loses o- Arizona? It's not the Pac-12. We're talking right. about the bottom half of the Pac-12. Yeah. Does it lose anything if Texas Tech isn't here? Does it lose anything if if Kansas State isn't in the mix? And, and, you know, and the, I those argue are the, those it are does. Hurt. I do too. I, I argue it does because part of the charm of the sport, like part of what make this makes the sport special. Like Lubbock is the place where you, if you are on the visiting team, you might get a tortilla thrown at you. Like that's cool. <laughs> it's it's a fun part of the sport. Wish I was on the visiting team there. You know, get a little I tortilla know, right? thrown at that's me. Thing you can have thrown at you. Yeah. Can you, uh, well, you also throw some carnitas at me? I, I could think of better things to have thrown at you. Yeah. Money. Yeah. <laughs> not, not not quarters. Not but like quarters. rolls of bills would be great. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is going to be a very transformative time, though, Ari. Because, like we were talking about on Thursday, when when Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC, I saw an endpoint. You could see, okay, the the Big Twelve can backfill. Everybody else can backfill who who lost teams to the Big Twelve. That all makes sense, and we've seen we've seen it. I mean, the dominoes did fall at all. Like you, you saw it with the Sun Belt Conference USA, uh, James Madison moving up to FBS. All of that stuff was a result of that move. I don't see the end of this. Like once it in, starts, in hindsight, I don't though, know where we, it goes. In hindsight, looking back at it, though, don't you think we should have known this was coming? I mean, I wrote that this it, was coming. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but you said you could <laughs> see the end of it, right? So, like, if I feel like in hindsight, the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas was basically them looking at the Big Ten and said, "Okay, your turn." Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. By the way... If you're watching on the YouTube video and wondering where the heck I am, this is not my normal setup. I'm at Lincoln Riley's house right now, or at least that's what my background says. I that's where my background says I am. I'm we're visiting friends. Uh, I, I was out fishing all day. Uh, I'm actually in their son's uh, computer like gaming room, and so uh, we were playing around with backgrounds. I have I actually have the one from Wayne's World where they're in Delaware, and I have uh, a random beautiful living room with a grand piano. Uh, this is, I'm in Delaware now. Um, I've got our, our show logo that I can do the show in front of. 
But I, I did include one of the, the photos that we used when we took the tour of, of Lincoln Riley's house on the podcast. So, Ari, I, I thought you'd especially appreciate this one since this I'm is... I'm ready uh, to commit to you. Uh, I know. Take, right? You're ready to like, play in the Big Ten, right? Yeah. Um, you I think Lincoln just, Riley's ready to play in the Big Ten? I tried to upload a uh, new virtual background uh, for myself while you were talking about yours. Um, and it was just going to be Cliff Kingsbury's house. Uh, but Ooh. it won't let me do it while we're live. So maybe next ah. time. Um, I think a friend of my a friend of mine from high school's father designed that house. Wow, dude! That's, that, that, that's I mean, fantastic. you can picture him just sitting there, right, with the shoes off on his coffee table. You saw the picture, right? Oh yeah, with the with the fireplace with the little glass cubes in it. Yeah, yeah. I, that oh. all. Yeah, you know you've made it when you got a fireplace with those little glass cubes in it. Yeah, that's one day. That's one day, truly big time. So, but. Lincoln Riley now now going to the Big Ten. So anybody who was saying that Lincoln Riley was leaving Oklahoma so that he could get out before they went to the SEC, well, now he's at a place where they're going to a pretty tough conference as well, where you're going to have to see Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, all that. Bunch. This is still not as hard as going to the SEC. But not yeah. as hard as going to the SEC, but, <laughs> but not easy. Yeah, not. no, it's it's certainly not. It's like we we talked about this on the on the initial reaction from the, the news, but I am dead in the water with our, oh, are you going to show any mercy at all? Or are you just going to collect my no, money? Like a savage? Well, the good news is I will give you some mercy because our listener who tipped me off that you may have said $10,000 originally instead of $1,000. If USC doesn't make the playoff in the next, you have to years. go back and listen to it. Well, they listened again and they said, that it was not 10. We did not agree to 10,000. We agreed to 1,000. It was very clear that we agreed to 1,000. So you're only going to owe me a thousand bucks. So yeah, that's not showing that. mercy. That's just what happened. <laughs> uh, I'm not showing you any mercy at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe what, what if they win the big 10 in 2024 and make the play? No, it makes me feel like they have to make the playoff next year. Like, they, I mean, Caleb Williams but, but will have couldn't to. Couldn't two Big Ten teams make the playoff in 2024 with that lineup in the Big I hope Ten they now? expand the playoff to 36 teams and then you're dead. Because <laughs> this is, that's exactly what will happen. If they right expand now? the playoff somehow, <laughs> if they expand the playoff to 14 or 12 or something, uh, and, and, it, and it happens in the next three years, which I, I don't even know if it's physically possible. How are they going to find point? a venue? Like they, they, they have to book yeah. stadiums. There's no I'm chance. just trying to think about what could happen to you to change the paradigm of a bet. Uh, well, the Pac-12, I guess, could add some members, could take some members. What What do you think is going to happen? Because I, this is the part I wanted to talk about. Because next logical steps to me, if, if we had to guess, the Big Ten has to decide if it's done. Because I've seen reports saying, well, they've decided to stand pat. I don't believe that yet. I, I don't think enough time has passed for, for the them Big Ten? to get. What's that? You said you saw reports of the Big Ten standing pat now? Yes, there were some reports on Friday that the Big Ten would stand pat after just taking USC and UCLA. I saw those too. I think that was an implication of standing pat as it pertains to Washington and Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I think they're kind of waiting on Notre Dame to see what happens right. there before proceeding. I don't think I didn't take that as stand pat as we're done. I think that that was just like we're playing our options. And I think I saw somebody tweet this, and it's so it's true. It might have even been you. But if the Big Ten wants somebody, and somebody wants to be in the Big Ten today. They're still going to want to be in the Big Ten six weeks from now and a year right. from now. So, like, they don't have any reason to rush this. So, well, it, you know, it, the big 
the Big what Ten doesn't need any more bottom feeders. I think that what, right. if they're going to add teams, they need to add teams that bring value to the conference. And what people have to understand is this just happened. This was news to everyone. Now, there were smart people in college sports who were hinting all along that something like this was going to come and going to happen. But in terms of actual people who knew something was going on and something was going to happen, the number of those people was very limited. It was limited to people in the Big Ten office, people at USC, and people at UCLA. So I don't think Oregon had a, a, a presentation ready for the Big Ten like on Thursday when this happened. I don't think Washington had a presentation ready. I think now they would go to the Big Ten and say, hey, we're interested. I, I don't know if they have. I would assume they will at some point if they haven't already. And then the Big Ten will evaluate that and decide, okay, or no thanks, we're going to stay where we're at right now. <laughs> we reserve the right to come back later. And Notre Dame is kind of a key piece here, which we don't know what's going to happen with Notre Dame. Obviously, they value their football independence. I've, you've heard the, the speech on this podcast many, many times about why they value their football independence. But if they did pick one of these two leagues to join, and I do think it would be one of these two, and I realize they are in the ACC and all their other sports, and they're supposed to join the ACC in football if they join a conference in football, but my guess is if they do it, it'd be one of the, one of the two Super Leagues. The Big Ten would make a lot more sense for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So I, I am curious because you're right. I, I think Jack Swarbrick and, and Father Jenkins and all those folks, if they, they want to say yay or nay on it, then the Big Ten can figure out what they want to do. Because if the answer is no from Notre Dame, Notre Dame's like, because that's like you said, the Big Ten can decide in six weeks that it wants somebody else too. Notre Dame can decide at any point in time that it wants to join any conference. And that yeah. conference will take. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're Notre Dame, it well, I mean, I guess it matters like what scheduling looks like if there's two super conferences, and will these super conference teams be scheduling the teams that are on the outside looking in and independent teams? Because it's like that to me, it, it almost feels like Notre Dame's under pressure to react to this to make sure they don't get left behind in in Independence Land. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe there's a way to work around the, the, the same, same way they have the right same now. Most so favored nation status that would allow Notre Dame to just call up the SEC, the Big Ten, or the ACC and say, hey, we're in in football, when do we start? That, that same thing, I think, also would allow them, if they wanted to, to stay independent, even if there are two Super Leagues, because the SEC teams and the Big Ten teams would be like, hey, Notre Dame might come to our stadium. Awesome, we're going to sell that game out. Yeah, yeah, I think that that would be uh, the correct assumption. So the thought process that I had of like how do you solve it? Because I think we like we're 30 minutes in here and we probably have to talk about the Pac 12. Is there anything that the Pac 12 can do in your mind to salvage itself? I think if they take the best of the Big 12, that's it's not a sexy league. And here's the thing. What's the best of the Big 12? Do we even know what the answer to that is? I mean, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor. Baylor. But here's the problem with that. Which league would you rather watch? The remaining 10 teams in the Pac-12 plus the ones I just mentioned or the 12-team Big 12 that, that will come after Texas and Oklahoma leave? Because I know the answer to that. I know my answer to that. I don't know. I would rather watch the one the Pac-12 one. No, I'd rather watch Oregon the other. Oregon and Washington. With Oregon and Washington. But that's... 
That's the big or if. Based on what we're yeah, if Oregon, Washington, um, and the four teams you just named were all in one conference, that would be better than either of the other ones. Like yes. that were leftovers. Now, the question I have is, and I guess like the the main response here is if like the Pac twelve and the ACC created like a national conference where there was a West Coast and an East Coast. And then you, they kept would Oregon and Washington. That would be pretty cool. And then you yeah. have the South, and then you would have the Midwest. And I mean, it'd be weird that UCLA and USC aren't a part of that, but it's also weird they're in the Big Ten now. So you'd get used to it. But that that would be like my only. But then, you know, you're you're talking about Florida State and Miami and and Clemson not wanting to be a part of the super teams, which I bet that or super conferences, which probably we, we know they want to be a part of it. We just don't know if they can. Whether be they part financially of can. I, or I got you know. I got a copy of the ACC's grant of rights, the original one, not the one currently in effect from 2016. But what we've been told by people who've seen it is basically they just changed the dates on it. So you can go read that at The Athletic. You can read the ACC's grant of rights, the Big 12s, and the Pac-12s. And I, I talked to – it's funny because the attorney who actually had copies of these things, he wrote a story – story. He wrote a journal article when he was in law school back in 2014 where – he, he made public records requests of various schools and got these things. These schools have since denied most public records requests for these documents. So they're not out there. Like when I called the ACC to tell them I have a copy of their original grant of rights, the response was, how in the world did you get that? And then I explained, there was a law student at Villanova who's now a practicing attorney who in 2014 requested it from the, the University of North Carolina and North Carolina granted that request. And they're like, Oh God! It was like on the other end of the phone, you could just hear, <laughs> "Yeah, oh, they weren't supposed to do that." And yeah. So it's interesting. You can look through all that, but you can you can read it for yourself. If you're not an attorney, you're probably not going to know what you're reading. I certainly didn't. Uh, I the I actually talked to the attorney who had them because he works in mergers and acquisitions. He deals with similar contracts on a daily basis, and so he was explaining how this would work in the corporate world and how different these are from, from that because they're much shorter. And actually the reason they're short is because it makes them more complicated to fight. And it would be really hard to fight one of these things. You are, you are taking a massive financial risk. If you're the, if you're Clemson or Florida state or North Carolina, whoever in the ACC, and you tried to fight that grant of rights, like your best right. hope is that enough schools in the league want to dissolve it that grant of rights and do something different because otherwise I, I don't know if it's even worth the risk although i will say Ari, I, so here's my question to you Ari, because that thing lasts 14 more years they're going to be making from their conference less than half of what the sec schools and what the big 10 schools get from their conference is it worth just walking away and fighting in court and, and with, the, with the notion that maybe in, in three or four years, you'll have your rights back. Well, I mean, it's hard to answer because I don't know how much it would cost the universities to participate in that fight. Well, I also don't know. Like, I don't know if the SEC or the Big Ten would take anybody if they didn't have their rights. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you could. I don't think you could sell to them if, if you can't guarantee that you've got rights to sell. So that that question puts a pin in a lot of this stuff because it means until something gets decided about all that Clemson isn't going anywhere. Florida state's not going anywhere. North Carolina's not going anywhere. Virginia's not going anywhere. 
They're, they're where they are. Now, let me ask you this about the Pac-12 and the Big 12, Ari. If you are the new commissioner of the Big 12, you've just come over from Rock Nation. Maybe you call up Jay-Z and Beyonce and ask some advice. Do you try... <laughs> Throw the Do diamond up. <laughs> that's right. Do you try to get the best of the Pac-12? Do you say, it seem Oregon like and like Washington, come play with us? Let me ask you this. If you're the Pac-12, I guess that if you're a Pac-12 or Big 12, I'm looking at a list. Do you think that, obviously, the Big 12 getting the two biggest brands out of the Pac-12 would be a bigger splash? But like, can the Pac-12, like if they had their pick of the litter for the current group of five teams, could they add two to four group of five teams and save their conference? Like, I don't are there, think so. Are there four of them that don't... are interesting enough to you? Like, which four would they be now that Cincinnati, UCF are off the board? Like, if they got SMU, um, here's the thing, I don't though. Know, Nevada. This is this is the other part of this, Ari. The Pac-12 presidents have always been very snobbish about their academics and about how their states, you know, work and does do the schools match? Do the states match? Like. They're they're apt to say the laws in in this school's state don't jive with the laws in our state, and we don't want to be together. Yeah, like that's that's not outside the realm of possibility. So the question is, will they change their mind on this and say, you know what, forget all that stuff, forget having to be in a you don't have to be an AAU member to get to be in the Pac-12. But look, Cal and Stanford, two of the best schools in America. Oregon, Utah, Washington, all AAU members. Like, it's going to be tough to explain to a president who's been told basically the entire time they've been in office, this place is special. We don't take just anybody. That they need to take a school that may not have the same academic reputation or comes from a state where the, the where politically the, they're not aligned at all. Like, it's going to take a lot for them to change their minds on that. Well, I mean, do you think, like, the upper administration of Stanford's, like, shitting their pants right now, or do you think they're fine? I mean, Stanford's not going to stop pumping out really successful graduates who who donate a lot of money to Stanford. So it, it doesn't change anything for Stanford in the long run. Just, like, leaving the Big Ten didn't change anything for the University of Chicago in the long run, and, and de-emphasizing sports didn't change anything for the Ivy League schools in the long run, but I don't think they're happy about it. I think the people who are really, really messed up and, and not happy about this are Oregon, Washington, and Utah, where they care very deeply about how well their football teams do. Yeah. They've invested and Arizona a lot in too, probably program. to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. The Arizona students as well, but, but the three that I just mentioned have been successful. Mm-hmm. They have been proactive they have invested and they already didn't like the fact that everybody else didn't invest the way they invest. Now yeah. they're really pissed probably. Yeah. It's kind of like standing on the shore of an Island, just hoping the boat comes back. Yeah. Well, like Utah is a great example of this because I've, I, when I did the original big 10 should raid the pac 12, one, I thought the Big Ten would go for, for Stanford and Cal just because 
university presidents couldn't resist being attached to Stanford and Cal if they had the chance. Were you but smoking a pipe when you predicted that? I thought about it. I had some, I put leather patches on my elbows when I did it. And, uh, how do you, you smoke? You, when I see people smoking out of a pipe, how does that yes. even work? I've been meaning to ask somebody that. Um, have you ever watching, used a bong? Am I supposed to answer that? I mean, it, it's legal and it's not legal in your state where you live. Well, now, so. no, the, the question uh, I the question I want to. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I'm familiar with how they work. How's you, that? You, you put the material in a bowl. Yeah. And you and light you put, the material. And then it goes up. The, but and it's like, what you are you smoke, smoking? The raw tobacco? Yes. Yeah. So what's it supposed to be like a cigarette, but without all the disgusting without the filter? In it? Yes. Yeah. Without the filter or the, the paper. Yes. Why do people basically. stop doing that? It, it takes a lot of work. You have to put the, the burn tobacco somewhere. It is, it smells very strong. So I'm guessing it's very difficult to do in public. And there's a lot of ritual to it that I imagine would, would be pretty difficult. I just feel like it used to be very, very common to see that. And I don't think I've ever seen somebody. Well, you're smoking just, you're a thinking of the bad guy in back to school. That's what you're. I was watching um, the show staircase on HBO with, with Brit and Scott Peterson, who was the main character on the show was smoking one. I was like, why don't people do that anymore? Like Scott Peterson as in Scott and Lacey Peterson. Is that what that show's about? Wait a second. It's a, it's that's the, that's a different Peterson thing. I was watching okay. uh, staircase okay. Peterson. Okay. You don't you don't know what that show is that what no. that's about? I don't. Um, it's about some lady who either fell or got pushed down the stairs. His name's Michael oh, Peterson, Lord. and he was an author in North Carolina, and it was about whether or not he did it. But oh, I, I in the depictions of him, he was a you big. Know there's a there's a college football case involving that as well with a, with a famous college football booster falling down the stairs, something like that. Oh. As they call, well, it you have that. to let me know what that's all about. I'm interested in yeah, that sort it's, of thing. It's, it's all very, very intriguing, but it is another discussion for another day because we got real life going on. Already. <laughs> my favorite, my okay. favorite thing in the entire world is is bringing you into something that you have to say. Well, that's a discussion for another day because I think I've done it three times so far. Well, we kind of have to stay focused on this. Yes, one we because, do, we do, we do, because there's a lot of moving parts to this. But I think Utah is in a in a really weird spot right now because they're the one that you hardly hear mentioned when you talk about where they go, but. This is a program. They're also the most Big Ten program on the West Coast that there is. It, it, they literally that, fit playing fit, style. Yes, yes, yes. And also, they are an AAU member. It's a very good school, and they've been successful in multiple conferences. Like, I actually think they'd be in, in Salt Lake, <laughs> huge airport, easy to get in and out of. I mean, you name it. But I don't know what I don't know if they move the meter enough to get into one of these. Or, or to be someone that somebody wants to steal. Yeah, I um, yeah, I've got a theory. I think Urban Meyer's going to take over Utah when Winningham's done, and Again? he's going to lead them into oh. the Big Ten. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he just calls up the folks at Ohio State. Hey, Gene, I'm going to need a need a solid here. Let's yeah, see. yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to take over Utah again. Well, Gene Smith busy calling his alma mater. I imagine he he obviously voiced support for Notre Dame coming to the big 10 but then everybody wants notre dame to come to their yeah. league so notre all right Ari, let's see girl at the dance right it's the sexiest i mean plaid skirt and everything because that's you know they're catholic yeah but, i got you there i got you there but <laughs> i don't know some people may need some help with that but yeah 
So let me put you on the spot, Ari. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think anything. I don't think all these teams have moved in a year. But a year from now, who's who's going to be headed where when all this moves? So, like the most impossible question to answer of all time. But I know, um, right? Just, I do think that. that Washington and Oregon will find their way into the Big Ten. I think so too. And my question is, do they go even bigger with a couple more from out that way just to create? Because here's what you can do. Because this is this is a question that that comes up a lot. And, and these guys get ripped for their greed. And how can you make volleyball players and, and basketball players and, and you know softball players and soccer players, how can you make them fly cross country on a Tuesday night, all that stuff? What if they were to have, and this is this, I'm going back to my original column that I wrote last year. What if they were to have six from the West Coast, six from the that, that, that had come from the Pac 12? And what if you just had them in, in the other sports? That's their league. That'd be crazy. And but I don't but even, I have, but like, I don't even know how that stuff works. Like, though. you could have tournaments where all of the Big Ten. You know, it would be what would the, that would be a twenty-team conference. You could have tournaments where all of the Big Ten got together in those sports. Like, yeah, we're gonna have this ter- this year. It'll be in Minneapolis. This year it'll be in Salt Lake City. This year it'll be in in Seattle. This year it'll be in Columbus. But well, I mean, I was they, listening to Bruce and Stu, and they they made the point, and it's so true. Like football drives the bus here, of course. So so you make that stuff work it's just like i mean yeah i'm just saying you could also make the football interesting because you could make them their own division in mm -hmm. football but then be mixing in the old line big 10 uh old old line big 10 programs i think i think that's a really interesting thought and i think the next question after that would be andy is like how creative are they going to get like and how creative can you be and and does too much creativity scare you too much creativity doesn't scare me, but I think if you, you and I have learned anything covering this sport is creativity scares a lot of college football fans. Yeah. Because they're going to have to, I mean, like figure out like what to do with if, especially if they don't add Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten, like how are they going to schedule those teams? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Notre Dame holds its own card, but the Big Ten holds all the other cards here until we find out what whether it's possible or not to break the ACC's grant of rights. The, the Big Ten holds all the cards because do they want to go west again? Do they want to go national, truly national? 
which would mean going into the South, which I guess. I mean, have, have they not out. already? Do you have to be in the South to be national? No, I don't think you I do. Mean, I, but... I mean, I guess like they've, they're they the most national conference in America now. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But like the dude, like, I know like we just got done discussing the grant of rights, but I feel like the, the major um, dominoes that are still to fall in the next, maybe it might be 15 years down the road, but I'm very curious what happens to Miami, Clemson, and Florida State, which nobody's spoken about at all the last few days because of that granite right. So well, right, and and everyone assumes that they would be in the SEC, and I I would assume that too. I would also assume in that situation that the SEC and the Big Ten would be fighting over North Carolina. Well, I mean, if if the SEC gets Clemson, Florida State, and Miami, then the Big Ten will have lost the battle in, in terms of which super conference is better. Well, I mean, it, the Big Ten is still trying to catch up because one of the teams that they took. You're it, looking at it. You're looking at it purely from an on-field standpoint. I'm not. I'm looking at it more from program a brand, brand standpoint. What's that? Program brand. Yeah, I think if you can get North Carolina, if you can get Washington and Oregon, you're doing all right still. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you think UCLA carries weight because of its basketball brand, sure. Or it's football or historical, brand. His, it's historical. Yeah, the historical football brand. brand. Like that beautiful uniform showing up on a Big Ten campus still means something. Even though the team's not particularly great and yeah, hasn't been I guess for a you while. Could make, yeah, I, I mean, football brand too is a, I feel like is an evolution too. Yeah. It's not like they play, they look beautiful in the USC rivalry games and they look great in the Rose Bowl. But like, when's the last time UCLA has been a nationally relevant program? It's I mean, been, has a, it been long a decade. Time. Now, so. They're going to argue that with the resources of, of a, being a Big Ten school, we can do that. Well, no, you have to decide you want to be that. It's, you and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Even schools in the Big Ten who have all this money have to decide they want to be that. Because Clemson, to me, we haven't, we haven't talked about this at all, but I think it's an interesting discussion that we should take the next two minutes talking about. It's just like, what is Clemson? Clemson is the most uh, It's an successful- SEC school in, in culture and always has been. That has happened to be in the ACC, right? But their brand as a football program is completely transformed in the last yes. five years. Okay, so you know I know they've got a Southern culture, and but like their fan base is also very niche. Like I don't think that they have a fan base that can compare to Alabama's. Correct. So like it's a, like it's a small, from a money generating standpoint, what is yeah. that? So like, how do you look at Clemson as as a expansion candidate? I mean, do you look at I don't them look, as the... I don't look at Clemson's fan base because Clemson's fan base is not as big as some of these other ones we're talking about just because it's a smaller school. It doesn't have as many living alumni. That said, you put that tiger paw on the field with all these other huge brands. You want to watch that game. I know, but you just got done saying that I was looking about it too much on the field, but I feel like that and like Clemson's last five years on the field oh, is what no, makes that, that tiger absolutely paw sexy. means something. No, it, it no. does. But like, do you look at them as like a grade A addition? Because it's a financial discussion too, right? How many eyeballs watch the games? Obviously a ton now because they're nationally relevant. But here's the other thing about Clemson. You put them in a league where they're going to make more money. They're going to invest that in in the football program to be better. Yeah, they're like Amazon. No profit, all reinvestment. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I like that. I, I, I mean, I personally believe that it's like it's so funny to me because I did a story a few years ago about um, how hard it is to schedule ten years in advance, and like yeah. how much how much effort has to go into the schedule makers at these programs to look at recruiting classes and who do we think is going to be the coach then? Because you don't want to schedule a game 
uh, 10 years in advance and then end up with a dud on your schedule in 10 years. But it's kind of like you have to project those things as an expansion too, right? Like when you're expanding your conference, it's like if you look at Clemson and you say, hey, this team's been very, very good for the past five years. I mean, do you take that into account? Is that what's weighted? The last well, five very, to ten very years, good did... since Dabo took over, I mean, they they did win the league a couple times before this streak started. Okay, and sure, they also sure. won. They've always been a solid program. I'm not right. trying to say they were a national championship, championship in '81. So it's not. But like... when you invite Clemson into your program, into your conference, are you inviting the the top three program in America, or like is that something that you can count on in 15, 20 years? Or are you are you just inviting okay, a, a let me, solid let me program historically? One. And you count on them being a top twenty program in America? Probably. If you yes. can, I think that's. I think that that is a, a certainty, especially then if they're you able to reinvest them. it. Yeah. Then you invite them. But it's like a very interesting dynamic between like UCLA and Clemson because I feel like at certain times they've probably taken turns in this driver's seat. I'd take. Oh, I'd take Clemson over UCLA in a heartbeat right now for for football reasons. Sure, sure, but but, but you made it seem like the Big Ten didn't like acquiesce their way into like accepting them, like they they were. It almost feels like they, it was a favor to them to let them in the conference under these. Well, they probably had to take them because they probably were were kind of a tag team with you with USC. Yeah, so I wonder if that's going to also be the case as it pertains to Washington State and Oregon State if and when that conversation happens. I, that that will be interesting, and I know John Canzano, who does a great job out in Portland, mentioned that that lawmakers in Washington and in Oregon were going to try to block any move that didn't involve both pairs in in their respective states. I kind of think that's a that's a really quick way to get primaried if you're in Oregon or Washington by a bunch of Oregon and Washington fans. Like, yeah, the, those are the bigger fan bases. They're going to be pissed if they have a chance to go to the Big Ten and they can't because you say you got to take little brother with you. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it would be a it would be a very. Um, it'd be really bad for the rest of the sport too, because we want to see that now. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I, has anybody asked you this, Andy, hmm. is all this good for college football? Well, you've asked it and everybody asks it. No, but I, I, have you answered? Like, what do you think? Do you think this is a positive for the game that you love? I don't think it's a positive because like we said, all of the, the a lot of the fun stuff that makes it what we love I worry that it, it's going to get kicked to the wayside in favor of just a few big brands. And I don't want to, I don't want that to happen. And also like you said earlier is the quirkiness of the sport at risk. Yes, very much. Because so. like, you're not going to have any more Buffaloes running onto the field and all the, the tortillas and all the things that we love to watch. Like if you just add all, I'm not saying that the big time programs don't have tradition, but like, the crazy shit that happens on Saturdays every week in stadiums that you would right, never think crazy, to watch on your own. Right, and the craziness will get boiled out of that super corporate, all yeah. big brands group. And then if it just becomes the NFL, then I, I it scares me. So, like yeah. I'm doing, I, I'm hoping in my own. I mean, Chris Vanini kind of wrote this column, but I feel like most fans think this way. And that's like already the hot take artist actually thinks exactly what everybody else thinks right now. And it's just like. Include as many people as you can. Don't leave anybody in the dust. Let everybody compete for the national championship, and let's try to save the sport now from becoming a suit in in sports. Uh, right, form. but I will say, I do think we're on the road toward more massive regular season matchups between schools that we're not used to seeing play in the regular season. And I'm good yeah. with that. I want that. I want more you, of that. You want I a refresh of that. like a refresh of what would be new 
but then in 10 or 15 years, once it's normal, then you're left with the product still. They can shake it up again. They, 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 that's the thing. They've always shaken it up yeah. over and over and over again. And they'll keep doing that. This, none of this is new. Everybody thinks realignment started in 1990. It didn't. Realignment has been going on since alignment has been going on. So, yeah, it, it's changed it just be the alignment. fact of life. Just be called alignment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So ho hopefully you and I will stay aligned and, and we'll be able to, to keep talking about this. But keep keep listening. We're going to have a lot of discussions about what comes next because I think there's going to be a little bit of lull in the bombshell news department. And then it's going to be... I think it's because we're in, furious bombshells. we're in the territory where your next move better be a good one. Because mm -hmm. I don't I think people think, want to mess this up. Yeah, I also think everybody's taking a few days to deal with, with what happened and then figure out what they're going to do next. So we'll see. And I'll give you a little more little peek behind the curtain. On Tuesday, you may hear Ari and I with Antonio Morales talking about the quarterbacks at the Elite 11. We had a really great conversation about that. I want to make sure that you get to hear it because just because this is happening doesn't mean the rest of the sport stops. There's still going to need to be really good quarterbacks this year and next. We talked about some of the, the current college players who were there, a lot of the recruits who were there. So it was it was a fun talk. Ignore the fact that that we don't we're not mentioning that that anybody committed to USC is going to be playing in the Big Ten. Like we're we're not mentioning Malachi Nelson as a as a Big Ten quarterback. But you may not hear that. Because if somebody does something wild on July 4th, you know, while you're shooting off your fireworks, then we'll be talking about that. So strap in. This is going to be a really chaotic next few weeks and months. And I, I realize that we're also rolling into a college football season. So we're going to be talking about that as well. But this is, I think, Ari, this is going to be the most chaotic time in the history of the sport. And is that this is the worst something. possible week for a human being to go on vacation? No, that would have been last week. So I'm glad you weren't. Yeah. Okay. Should I take my podcast mic to the breakers just in case? Sure. Sure. I think you should. I was okay. just there. Uh, the, the, their internet's nice. So it is. Be okay. Right. I'll bring it just in case something crazy happens. Cause like, I, I don't like, I promised Britt that I wouldn't be working on vacation. No, no, this is, this is your de facto honeymoon. Ari, we have lots of folks here at the athletic. I can talk to plenty of other people. You don't take your mic. You We've leave had it a right. lot of de facto honeymoons. We're going to Mexico in December. We'll, we'll be okay. Leave it I, sitting on. Leave it sitting on your desk. We'll be okay. No, I'm arrogant but, enough to want to be a part of the discussion if something huge happens. So I'm going to bring <laughs> it just in true. case. We, need, we do need your uh, takes on all of these. Yes, things. yes. So I'll bring it just in case. And like, if if there's some small news, then you know I'll sit it out. Like if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten, I want to I want to let it rip. All right, Ari Wasserman. You may or may not hear him from vacation, but you may hear him from the past on Tuesday because it might mean that the powers that be did enjoy their holiday instead of just trying to radically reinvent the sport. We know they're going to get to radically reinventing the sport here in the next few weeks and months. So it's a matter of when. We'll talk to you again soon.